Can you hear me? Welcome to the Kids Swap Podcast, hosted by myself, Florian Simon, together with Maximilian Neville, bringing to you the international podcast about football, friends, and culture. You should sign me. Sign him up. Sign him up. Sign my boy, Flo. Yeah, what? Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go again. Welcome back to the Kids Swap podcast. Last time in the warm-up, we presented to you our podcast. We told you um, why we're going to do this podcast and what we're going to be talking about. A small funny story was already in it. And now starting our Globetrotter season, we'll be introducing ourselves. And um, I'm back with Max again. <laughs> Max, how are you doing? Good, good, my friend. How are you? Did you did you watch some football today? What did you think of the Bayern Munich Cologne game? Yeah, I've actually just been watching the highlights. It was a clear win, five one. Uh, Cologne had a couple of chances though, um, but yeah, Bayern's quality is just um, yeah second to none, especially in the Bundesliga and a team like Cologne. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Gladbach supporter, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Cologne, uh, Cologne's level is nowhere near to uh, to the Bayern level. So yeah, have you been watching it's, some football or no? It's another planet, isn't it? No, I'm I'm gonna be watching some highlights later. Um, I spent the day at my in-laws playing with my daughter, and we had some really bomb bomb food, some really good food. And um, yeah, I just saw on live score though that um, Brighton lost against um, West Brom and that they missed two penalties. So I'm I'm raging. But um, yeah, <laughs> we'll see, you know, we'll see how, how things develop. And um, I'm excited to be back on the pod. So like you were saying, you know, today it's the lineup episode. Um, just to give the audience um, an idea, we're going to be starting with Flo's career. And um, to give you an overview, uh, Flo has played at the amateur, semi-pro and pro youth levels in Germany. Um, before playing collegiate soccer in the United States. Um, he's also played semi-pro men's in Germany, the U.S., and Sweden. And we're going to be talking all about it. Um, before we get started, Flo, um, how would you describe yourself as a player? And then I'll give you my insights. I see myself as a leader. I'm a center mid, I'm rather defensively minded. And in the U.S., I got introduced to playing center back as well. My roles changed a little bit throughout my career uh, where I was um, playing rather on the wing or as a number 10. And now, uh, like it is usually in the age, uh, when you get older, <laughs> you drop pull back, you back a little bit further. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sentiment, a holding mid. I can play as a number eight as well, box to box. Yeah, and that's the position I prefer the most. And as a player, yeah, I'm, I'm very physical. I'm, I love a good tackle. Uh, <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like, um, I think everyone needs, uh, every team needs a player like that on the field. And um, Of course. I mean, who doesn't love a good tackle, honestly? Like, and if it's a slight tackle, even better. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm really good at, yeah, at playmaking, um, opening the game, playing passes through the lines, um, trying to find the, the strikers or the number 10 in the feed, or even hit a ping, a diagonal ball. And I've heard all about those famous diagonal balls by <laughs> by our friend Zachan, your old teammate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a legend! Yeah, with Zachan, we played my first year in the US together. Uh, he played left back, and I 
most part of the season played uh, as a right center back. And yeah, I always knew Sergio was running down the wing, so I could ping the balls all the way down, somewhere in between the corner flag and the corner of the box. I saw Zachan's highlight tape, um, and that's all I saw was you and him. So you were <laughs> as prominent in his highlight tape, and and that guy could run for days. He's fast, great player, and yeah, you played some pretty nice balls. That's actually the first time I saw you play, and I didn't even know you yet because I I met Zachan first, and he showed me his highlight tape back then. So yeah, um, I mean, funny story. Um, we met before. We were together on a field before. And we didn't know it. <laughs> True. We, did, True. we didn't know it until the um, until we were working the last showcase, and we found out um, through another friend and colleague. Um, we were playing together. It was oh yeah, Marvin told us right. Yeah. He told yeah. us that yeah. yeah, me and Marvin were in the same team. Yeah, and we um, played against Flo. But um, yeah. Yeah. 2015 never... showcase, trying to impress coaches to make our move to the US. For you, it, it worked that year. For me, it didn't. For me, it worked out uh, a year later. <laughs> Um, when oh, I was man, at the same yeah. showcase with Sergeant, but that, that was, was meant to be. You were meant to be at that showcase with Zachan, you guys, man. That's that's a, a beautiful pairing right there on the field. Yeah, but, okay, but, uh, so yeah. wait, wait, wait. Now give me some insights on what you think, what type of player I am. Now I'm curious. <laughs> so no, I think I think you ticked you said it all. Three yeah, no, I, I would say um you didn't highlight how strong your slide tackles are and, and how strong <laughs> you are in, in defensive challenges. <laughs> and um, no, but I would say you're a complete uh, sentiment fielder. I've I've seen you, I've seen you play. I've seen your highlights, and I really enjoy. That's always the type of player my dad wanted me to be. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, rather English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, Flo. So, um, like you said before, I prepared some questions for you. I'm pretty excited to hear your answers. And uh, why don't we just get going? Yeah, I'm um, excited for the questions. A little bit why nervous, we, though. <laughs> are you, you nervous? No. Why don't we get started after the ad break? You know, we have so many sponsors, um, so they're about, to, <laughs> they're about to be played in. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Let's start. Question number one. Um, what number would we see on the back of a Florian Simon kit and why? Usually, I would say I would wear number eight which is the number I'm going to be wearing now for my for my club in Germany, where I went back to, um, because my big idol is Steven Gerrard. But when I, when I transferred from my last youth club to my first um, club in the, on the senior level, the number eight wasn't available anymore. And as a, as a young player, you can't take it away from a senior player, right? I mean, obviously not. Like the player that, that <laughs> went there, he was like uh, in 20s, probably as old as I am now. Um, 27 or so 28 he played in that league for years you know and i'm like 19 years old um, getting there and i was like cautiously asking hey um is the number eight available <laughs> and the coach was like oh well you're you committed one week too late um i gave it to another player now so i was like okay well what else do you have left and he was like um yeah like um num number number two um, number three, um, 13, and yeah, um, the highest I would go would be like um, 22. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so I had to think a little bit. And then um, obviously I was, I, was think, I was thinking, I mean, as a young player, you think like, oh, who could I represent with a shirt number? <laughs> and um, let me guess, Palak or who, who was it? 
Yeah, obviously, I was thinking about a number that looks kind of nice. And uh, um, I know a player that wears a number. So I was thinking of uh, Michael Ballack, um, former German national um, player. Um, he wore the number 13 and he was like, I mean, he was a great player for Germany. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I took the number 13. And then the player that came from the same club as me, um, he was like, dude, you can't take the number 13. I was like, why? What do you mean? You had the player that had it before you. He had like several knee injuries. and <laughs> It's unlucky. Yeah, it's an unlucky number. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't care. Like, then for me, it's going to be the lucky number, not the unlucky number. Yeah, so I took the number 13 and he was just shaking his head. He was like, oh, no, oh, my God, it's not going to work. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I mean... So far, um, every every club I played, um, if it was in Germany, if it was in in the US um, or in Sweden, I always had number thirteen. And now it's actually going to be the first time in like yeah, almost ten years that I'm going to have another kit number again. Well, why why can't you get number thirteen at, at your new semi pro club in Germany? I mean, another player has it, and um, I don't want to um, take them through the trouble of trying to switch it and then. Let, let's imagine it, Flo. So um, what would the discussion be like? You're new, you come in the changing room, everyone's sitting down and, and you know which player has the number 13. And you, what do you think would happen if you just walked up to him and you're like, hi, um, Flo just joined the club. Um, I want your number. I'm pretty sure he would look at me a little bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... He would probably tell you to more things, right? Yeah, not just, not just that. No, like... <laughs> No, like I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that guy would do that. But um, the the sporting director, he was like, um, yeah, I mean, do you want your old number back? And I was like, well, yeah, but it's taken, so like, don't, um, like, you don't have to go through some trouble and awkward conversations. Um, and I, I just don't want to have that special um, treatment, you know. So um, I'm, I'm fine with number eight as well. And I'm kind of surprised that number eight is not taken because. I mean, I think it's, it should be one of the first numbers that players take. But maybe yeah. that's the unlucky number now. What? Unlucky? Yeah, maybe now in that club, that's the unlucky one. That's why no one has it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going to make it to a lucky number again. <laughs> no, that's, that's nice. And um, yeah, so tell me, Flo, let's start at the beginning. What was the highest and lowest moment of your youth and pre-collegiate career? How did it affect your path? Well, there, there, were, there were a lot of moments, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty sure my, my best time was um, like from a happiness level, I would say. My, my best time was at my, at my youth club and my hometown club because, um, yeah, I was playing with all of my friends. Uh, we were super successful. We, uh, we always won the, the championship. Uh, we always won the cup. So we always had like celebrations and Obviously, my dad was my coach, so it was kind of nice. It was all really, really good um, organized, even though it was a super small club. And we just played local teams, so you even knew your opponents. So, um, yeah, from a happiness level, that was probably the, um, the best time, I would say. The most exciting time was definitely when I, when I uh, was playing at um, the academy of uh, Karlsruhe SC. And after that, when I played for... Um, um, FSV Offenbach, which is uh, the we, where we played in the um, under 17th third division, um, where we had a terrible team. Um, the team was team was terrible, but uh, like 
quality wise, but good kids. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, and the, towards the end of the season, I was helping out the under 19s and we uh, got promoted there. And I was playing in that decisional game. Uh, if we make it or not, I assisted the two one and we won the game and yeah, we got promoted. So the following year, I was playing in the under 19 second division, which was a huge success to the club. Um, obviously, for us, it was the highest we, we ever played before. So it was kind of challenging, but it was great. We, were, we had a lot of travels. It was kind of like in the US. You had like three to four hours bus rides. Um, got really close with your teammates. We had three to four times practice a week in the youth level, which is not um, a regular thing um, in, yeah. in a small town. So um, that was probably the most exciting time. We played some great, uh, great clubs. We played against uh, Kaiserslautern, which had a youth academy. We played against Mainz, which had a youth academy. We played against them in the cup. And yeah, it was always uh, super exciting. And yeah, it was really, really good quality. And most of the players that I played against or played with um, are now playing on the highest amateur level or semi-professional level in Germany. And what would you say, Flo, when did the realization come that you wanted to experience football abroad and why did you pick the United States? Yeah, when I started to play for the men's teams, um, I also graduated from high school. So I was thinking, um, what am I going to do with my life? And I've heard about that um, opportunity to get scholarships in the US and study there. So that was the first time I got um, in touch with that topic and I contacted a couple agencies but i wasn't quite sure if i should do that like now i can say because now i realize i was just too scared to do that with just 19 years old um pretty sure my grades in high school weren't uh too good to get uh, to get a nice scholarship yeah and then i got um, a spot to study here in in germany and work for the german football association at the same time i just transferred the clubs um, to the men's level I don't know. I, I think I didn't dare back then to, to take that step. Um, but yeah, that was when I got in touch uh, with that topic for the first time. And yeah, I'm happy that I finally made the move a couple of years later. So when you decided to make the move, Flo, what were your biggest fears while you were flying on that plane to the United States um, ahead of your first um, soccer journey abroad? I think my my biggest fear was that my visa wasn't valid and they sent me back again. <laughs> no way. Really? Yeah, that was my biggest fear. Um, I mean, oh, but, but, they, but they didn't send you back? No, 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 no. You asked me about my biggest fear. So that was, yeah. my, that was my biggest fear. Um, I really didn't feel anything negative about that, that step. I was 100% convinced that it was the right thing. I was 100% convinced it was the right school, the right coach, the right place. I didn't get disappointed. It was it was awesome. Uh, when I stepped out that plane um, and my coach picked me up, I, I remember like it was like it was yesterday. And he picked me up in his like wine red Mitsubishi, and uh, we drove back on the highway. And I was so tired. I had such a long trip. It was like I think it was fourteen hours or so. I had a couple um, layovers. Yeah, and and um, he talked to me like. Of course, we knew each other. We talked almost every week before I went, I came to the US for like eight months or so. Yeah, he was just trying to have a conversation with me, but my English was so bad back then. Like, <laughs> you, you can't imagine, like, I could have a conversation, but my vocabulary was so bad. 
So um, I had to think so long in in order to to for, uh, to form a sentence and uh, give a proper response to what he was asking me or telling me. And I was so tired. And we I was sitting in the car and I was just thinking like, oh, I really just want to shower and go to bed. <laughs> um, so when we when we got to the apartment, I lived with uh, with our captain. Shout out to Chris Pitharas. Um, I, um, I lived with my captain back then. And he was there with his girlfriend back then. Um, I got there super exhausted because we went to a Walmart before to get to get uh, to get me some beddings and the classic uh, we had... <laughs> Walmart trip when you get yeah, to the... exactly. And then we had um, we had dinner. We went to Chipotle, and yeah. And like I said, when we, once we got back, um, I I wanted to get to know Chris, but I was so tired. And after like I don't know, like half an hour, almost falling asleep on the couch, and I was like, sorry, but I just like, I'm just gonna take a shower and go to bed because I'm destroyed. And uh, yeah. That's, that's, that actually leads us to my next question, which was, um, it's not a question, actually. It's, um, Flo, take me through your first college soccer preseason. It was amazing. Like, for me, um, it was so super professional. I've never seen something like that before. Um, I arrived, I think, one and a half weeks early. So I just worked out with, with Chris and um, we did some runs. Um, some we went to the gym a couple times um to be fit for the preseason because obviously preseason in the u.s is super short and super intense and you just have to be fit so we want because uh, we wanted to play with the ball right away in preseason um everyone had to come in super fit in two weeks preseason you can't do much of um of fitness first day of preseason we had testing and we had um, the beep test and or yo-yo test i think and uh, everyone was so scared like it was um it was i now i think it wasn't uh, testing our fitness level it was rather testing our mental strength yeah. um, like before i was so nervous like the three days before i was just thinking about the test and what happens if i don't score good and i know i mean obviously it all went well um, most of us scored really really good and yeah in preseason you have practice two times a day and um we had practice. Uh, we had breakfast together. We had our first practice. After that, we went to um, to the athletic trainer room, into the ice baths. Um, after that, we had lunch together. So we had we actually had, even though we were a small Division two school, we had our own chef. So like he made food for us during preseason two times a day. So lunch and dinner, which was unbelievable. We had every day we had a different meal. Um, so we had lunch together, then we had um, some team activity, some team bonding, then some rest phase where you could go home, um, have a quick nap. Then the second practice session, we did a little bit more with the ball, a little bit more tactical. And then we had dinner together and an evening activity as a team. Um, I remember one day when we had a FIFA tournament, so we were at a couple of guys' plays and a huge FIFA tournament. It took like, I don't know, like five hours or so. It was just great to get to know um, everyone. And preseason in the US is like, for me personally, even though it's super, super hard and intense, it's like the best thing. Because it's just football. You feel like you're a professional. And for me, that was the most important thing when I went to the US at the beginning. Man, you're making me tear up, Flo, man. I miss preseason now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
No, it is. It is. It's, yeah, think about the runs, and then you don't miss it anymore. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Oh my god. So we all. So I obviously know you had a very successful collegiate career. You played for two years because you did your masters, your MBA, right? Which you also right. completed, I think, with a four GPA. Like exactly, yeah, the absolute highest grade you could get. So yeah, congrats on that, you little nerd. But um, <laughs> um <laughs> what I was gonna say was. Um, so I'm really jealous about this next, um, yeah, question I'm going to ask you, you probably know what I'm going to ask. So what are the first three things that come to your mind when you look at your championship ring? Only three. And you have to, don't even think, just say three things. The teammates, the coaches, and that lovely pitch that we played on. So take us through the, the match, the championship game. We won the championship because the other teams below us um, beat each other. Um, so mm -hmm. that, was, that was actually the game we won the championship. But before that, um, we had like kind of the deciding game uh, if we're going to be ahead of them or if we're just going to be level with them. And that deciding game was um, incredibly special to me because my brother was there. He was visiting me um, for the first time and it was my senior year. Um, it was, I think it even was homecoming. Um, so we had, so the stands were packed. It was a great atmosphere. Um, all our fans, like all the internationals were there. They had drums. Um, they were singing 90 minutes. And we played, yeah, not the best team in the conference, but the toughest team. Um, we played against Lincoln Memorial. And I don't know, we were all super, super anxious, super nervous, because um, we knew that's, like, if we win that game, we're going to win the conference. And the pressure that, was on. Yeah. And the game, the game started and uh, they were, um, they were really, really good, very intense. And I think they even, they even scored, but they, but the goal didn't count. So we were like, so that was like the, the wake up call, there, you know, like, was there VAR? VAR? No, there was no <laughs> VAR. <laughs> um, Luckily, that wasn't debatable. It might have counted. Yeah, who knows? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so they scored, and we were like, "Okay, guys, we got to wake up. We got to focus now." And then out of nowhere, we got a penalty, and um, I was a penalty taker in in our team, and I scored. It was a one nil. Um, Where did you put it? On the right right side, front, like my view, right side. Um, usually I put it, all my penalties. Uh, I know I shouldn't say that now, but I put all my penalties usually um, on the left side, left bottom corner. All, all Oberliga goalkeepers, um, I'm going to be sending you guys this. <laughs> so um, if he takes a, a penalty against you guys, you already know. <laughs> and I played with a couple of guys in the other team in the NPSL during the summer for an international. So they knew where I was going to shoot and they told the goalkeeper. So I was like, okay you gotta change something i hate it but gotta yeah get out of your comfort zone and try something different and i scored and we won it up we conceded the one one um we were two one down like some stupid goals like the ref like if there would have been a var the game would have been completely different <laughs> i think it was the worst ref the worst ref we've ever had in 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 my college time um so anyway it was three minutes to go uh, 87th minute we got another penalty. I scored again. Um, then on my favorite side, um, on the left bottom corner. And then 
I don't know, a minute later, I think 53 seconds later, um, Nacho, he had a knuckleball from like, I don't know, like 30 yards out and hit it right under the, uh, under the uh, crossbar. And everyone was going meant We were running at the fence at the, sta- at the stands and we're just jumping on the fence and we're celebrating with, with our fans still with one or two minutes to go. And um, I think Nacho got even booked for jumping on the fence. Um, it was it was just incredible. And then the last seconds, um, the clock was running down and our fans were waiting um, below the stand already, like ready to celebrate. And once the final whistle, uh, they ran on the field, we were celebrating. We were like, I don't know, like, I don't know, 100 people on the field and just like celebrating and cheering. And we were singing our songs. That was um, probably the the best game. And that was the game that decided the, the championship, I think. Man, that's 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 awesome. And um, something I was going to ask you, actually, there's something I always wondered, you know, I was always like, man, I want to win a college ring. And and, you know, and but then I always thought about it, like, Flo, tell me, like, do you actually wear it? So like when you're in Germany and let's say you're going to a job interview in the future, would you ever show up with your college ring? You know, like German people would be like thinking you're trying to flex or something with some big diamond. (laughs) What do you? When do you wear your college ring, Flo? Tell me. I think. Ger- <laughs> Imagine just sitting in a job interview with this big ass ring on your <laughs> Obviously, I'm not wearing it every day. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure some people out there think I do. Like, <laughs> but um, no, I'm, teammates. <laughs> yeah, because um, no, I'm I'm definitely not wearing it every day. Um, I barely wear it. It's uh, in Germany. It's not a thing. You know, if you exactly. wear it in Germany and you show it to people, like if you don't tell them what it is, they look at you and like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, if you explain to them or if you tell them you have a ring because you want a championship, they're all like super excited and want to see it. That's something different. But, you know, like I'm not um, forcing it by wearing the ring to get into conversation. Um, for me, it has um, another value, not... Um, not to wear it and show it around for me it's just the memories and uh yeah the all the the blood sweat and tears we uh, we went through in that season especially i i remember one thing uh, when i when i got to um to leno ryan and i was talking to my to my coach in the office i told him jack i'm not leaving this school without a ring and um he remembered one when he when he gave me the ring he was like flo here it is like you said you're not leaving the school without the ring and that was for me like an incredible moment like i was i was so happy because that was that huge goal um a huge personal goal i set for myself and besides studying um beside the personal development just on a uh, athletic standpoint that was um the huge goal I set for myself because it never happened in school history that uh, Leno Ryan won the South Atlantic Conference. And um, yeah, together with this incredible team, this incredible people, um, we made it happen. We won the conference for the first time in school history in 2018. Man, memories, memories. Wow. College soccer. No, don't cry, Flo, please. Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, just, was... no, no, it's just uh, amazing to, to think back at that because 
I mean, it's always something different if you see videos and pictures, but if you actually talk about it, it's uh, like, like their emotions, you know? <laughs> of course, <laughs> no, of course, so, man. So much, and it's just, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, you have never, never ever have I won a league in my life. So we'll, we'll get to that next year. Good so. that you retired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear. Oh my God. So um, with this next question, I wanted to give the audience, especially young aspiring players, some tips. So um, I wanted to ask you because now we, we move away from your very successful collegiate career, but that wasn't the only experience you did in the U S so um, what was the most effective you? Uh, sorry, what was the most effective thing you did whilst approaching clubs to get a trial in the MPSL and Sweden? Knowing the right people and being lucky. Because um, I tried, obviously, I tried to contact coaches by myself um, to play NPSL. How did you do that? Um, I just looked up uh, the rosters and uh, coaches for the teams and tried to send them emails. Um, Boy, let me think. I don't know. For NPSL and um, USL League Two, I probably sent in 2018 like 100 emails or so, um, trying to get somewhere. Um, they all offer public tryouts, but most of them are just, to be completely honest, scam, and they just want to make uh, some money because you have to pay some some starting money to to attend the event. I mean, at that time when they offer the tryouts, there are usually just um, two or three spots left. And that's just some walk-on players usually. So, um, yeah, you have to know the right people or just be lucky. And for my um, NPSL um, team that I found, uh, International FC, um, actually the women's coach at our school, um, Gary Higgins, he knew the assistant coach at that team. And uh, he connected us. And we had a couple of chats. Uh, I talked to the coach and yeah, let me think. I don't think I even went to a trial. I just went there. Um, I think he saw my highlight tape and he was like, yeah, um, I want you. I have housing for you. And um, yeah, just went there. Yeah, I think that's the most effective way. If you want to find a team, you have to know the right people. Um, and that's what we're trying to build here, right? We try to exactly. connect players. We try to build a network. Um, to help players out that don't know how to get there. And when I tried to go to Sweden, um, obviously that was um, before my time, I worked in the football business, so I didn't know anyone. And I did the same thing again. I sent probably uh, 60, 70, 80 emails to coaches in Denmark, Norway, Sweden, because um, I just wanted to go um, to Scandinavia. I don't know. It was just something um, that, uh, that made me curious of playing there. Um, yeah, there was one coach, one coach, Magnus Paulson, Taksomikit. Thank you very much for giving me the chance um, that I could fly in for a tryout there. And yeah, um, we had a great connection right from the start. And I think I didn't do too bad at the tryout. <laughs> so uh, he was like, yeah, I take you. <laughs> so uh, yeah. That was just pure luck because one out of 70, 80 coaches replied. Um, or no, sorry, not replied, but um, actually gave me a shot. Um, a couple of other coaches replied, but um, yeah, I wasn't like serious interest. Okay, I got to say I was a little bit late because um, it was close to the start of the preseason. Um, 
last year. Um, yeah, but that was pure luck. I mean, yeah, it's it's really important because, um, as we were saying, young players that are looking for for collegiate semi pro opportunities um, in North America or in Europe, uh, it's great to hear from someone that that has done it, that has played at that level, how they got there, um, because this can inspire them and this can teach them, you know, that there's ways. And I think some things you mentioned are really important. It it definitely is about knowing the right people, but how do you know the right people? You you basically create good connections um, in places where you play, you, not just while you're there, but you also, you know, try to maintain that relationship when you move to your next club and just try right. to build a, a big yeah. network, right? So I think, no, I think that was, that, that was, um, yeah, very, very effective and um, very good content for, for our listeners. Um, yeah, so... Now that we've, you know, we've talked about the fact that you've played in, in Germany, you've played in, in um, the U.S., you've played in Sweden. I think this is, this is another um, very interesting question for the audience is how would you compare the semi-pro level in Germany with the collegiate soccer in the U.S., the MPSL, and fourth division in Sweden? That's a big comparison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could ask you an easier question. But, no, it's um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, to I told you I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it easy, Flo. Yeah, no, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, my first experience was in Germany. Um, all the coaches I had there were um, way older, so yeah, I would say it wasn't the, the most modern way we played, um, but it was still a very very tactically based. Um, so in Germany, it's it's not a big deal if you circulate the ball a little bit around the back. Um, take your time trying to find the gap, um, trying to find the right moment to play forward. If I compare that to the U.S., in the U.S., it's much more physical. Like in the U.S., they don't, um, they don't develop players, um, football players. They develop athletes. And um, so the game is much more physical. It's way more uh, direct and, yeah. Uh, as it is in the U.S., stats is the most important thing. So you try to score a lot of goals. Um, whereas to Sweden, it's uh, very technical. Um, I was, to be honest, I was kind of surprised when I got there. Um, it was, don't get me wrong, like everywhere it's super intense. But in Sweden, it was um, the most technical, I would say. Um, they have really, really good um coaches and clubs where, where players um, get the right football education, the right training in a young age. And yeah, um, I was super impressed and I didn't expect it um, that Sweden is, um, that the Swedish um, youth development is, um, the standard is so high. Because I mean, you know, you know, the professional level in Sweden um, compared to Germany, there are maybe two or three teams before they could um, compete in the Bundesliga, maybe. Um, so, yeah, on the on the youth level, it's completely different. The academies are just as strong as um, the German ones or the Americans. I this just popped up spontaneously. <laughs> Let's say so. If your German team were to play against your collegiate team, if you guys had a, and your Swedish team, if you had a little tournament. Who would win and, and what kind of what would the scores kind of be? So you're saying Tusmechtersheim in Oberliga Germany um, 
Fifth Division, pro. Germany. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leno Rhine University, NCAA D2. Yeah. International FC, uh, NPSL. And EFK Liedinger, Fourth Division, Sweden. So a four-way tournament, true. Yeah, okay, from from uh, from the time I was playing in each team. So each team, comparing the teams that I played in against each other. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I've been I've been asked a couple of times uh, if if our college team would win against uh, the team I played for, or our team I played for became uh, before I went to the US. And I honestly believe that our college team would have won that game because it's just more intense. We could go um, a much higher tempo. Also from a co coaching standpoint, uh, my coach in the US um, was a bit more inventive. Um, he thought about football in a different way. And I think that would give us uh, the upper hand. It's so hard to compare. To so so that's game one. That's game one. Tuss Meistersheim against um, Lenore Ryan. Lenore Ryan won. How high? I think it would be really, really close. We we would we would score quite well. Um, maybe like a 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Three, two. Okay, yeah. so that was the first semifinal. The next semifinal was Inter Nashville against this fourth division team in Sweden that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> so Inter Nashville FC against EFK Liedinger. Uh, at Nashville, we, ha we had, um, I mean, all players that played there were current college players or former college players. So most of them were just playing during the summer. Um, from our starting 11, nine players were um, retired already, just played for fun. Um, so they tried to get back in shape for the summer, but didn't play throughout the rest of the year. So I would say we would be uh, in Sweden we would have been fitter and could um, yeah, could play on the highest tempo until the last minute. Uh, whereas I think the quality uh, individually in Nashville was better. So now it's really hard um, to, um, to compare because I always believe hard work and really, really good teamwork can beat a team of individuals, of really good individuals we would win with our Swedish team, even though we didn't have the most um, stable defense, <laughs> even though I was playing center-back. <laughs> Maybe just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, we had some really, really good players, um, especially offensively. And uh, with our top team, with our top 11, I'm pretty sure we would have won that game against Nashville. And then in the grand final, it would have been your... NCAA um, D2 team, Lenore Ryan, again against the Swedish team that you're going to pronounce, fourth division. <laughs> um, give us a quick result, quick. Penalties, 5-4, Lenore Ryan. Okay, so... Yeah, Lenore Ryan, that, that is... So the NCAA D2 team, you think, was actually from a holistic approach or a holistic standpoint the best team due to the fact that they were just well you were coached by um a very qualified and um passionate and innovative coach from from the uk right yeah um just something i want to add as well my coach in, uh, in the us uh, jack winder was probably the best coach uh, i had 
I've ever had. Uh, but my coach in Sweden was amazing as well. Um, they are competing for the for the for the best coach I've ever had. They are competing for that spot, and uh, I learned so much from both of them. And um, the best thing for me, what I never had before with another coach, because they were open for feedback. They were listening to me. I could come to them and tell them, "Hey, um, how do you want me to play?" Because I feel like I have to play a certain way, or I should play um, or whatever. Like, however you want to say, it, like. Um, They were open for feedback. They were listening to me, and um, yeah, both of them made me, um, yeah, a way, way better player. I think I'm now the best level I've ever been. Yeah, you know, experience comes with age and comes with with playing abroad. Yeah, good coaches and different views and and um, yeah, different methods and and methodologies. Yeah, let's move away from the technicalities of the game. Let's go a bit more into the culture. Um, so, Flo, what is the most unique ritual about the soccer culture in the three countries you've played in? So what's unique to the soccer culture in Germany? What's unique to the soccer culture in the US and in Sweden? If you had to choose one thing um, that you would say, you know, that's what all the teams kind of do in Sweden. That's what the teams do in Germany. That's what the teams do in the US. Yeah, let me start with Germany. Um... I think everyone that listens right now and played in Germany on a semi-professional or on an amateur level knows that after practice or after a game, there's always one thing available in the locker room, and that's usually beer. <laughs> so, beer. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so like um, for different things, um, you get a box of beer, you know, like either um, it's someone's birthday or someone is on the picture in the newspaper, for example. And yeah, you, you celebrate together, you celebrate the wins together. Um, after the game, you're just together at the facilities. Uh, if I remember um, the year or um, yeah, one year before I went to the US, we won the, the championship with, with two Smechtersheim and we got promoted and um, we had the craziest uh, celebrations after the game um, and there was something my coach also said um, when he got interviewed um, um, like I think it was something about me um, where, where do you where do you find um, Florian Simon after a game and then it was like um, usually with with Max Krämer um, he was um, like my best friend at that, uh, in that team with a couple of beers in the locker room, you know, so like um, we, and we celebrated a lot. Like we just were a good team where we had a really good chemistry and that's, um, that's the most football cultural thing from Germany. Um, so basically you're, you're saying that German semi-pro teams and, and amateur teams are alcoholics. So you said, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. So you get no, a, a no. beer for everything. You said, so when you win a no, game, you get a beer. No, when you lose, no, no. Do they also give you a beer when you're when they call you into the starting lineup? They're like, "Oh, Flo, here a beer." You just got, you just, um, you're about to start. Okay, that's ridiculous. Now, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, um, the lower you play, the more it's for, uh, like, you play for fun and for the togetherness. The higher you go, it's um, more competitive, but it's just a cultural thing, and 
I mean, the classic stereotype for Germans, they drink beer. That's the same in the football culture. I mean, it doesn't mean that we drink, uh, that everyone drinks a whole box of beer and drinks like 20 beers or something. It's uh, just, it's more about the togetherness of being together and having um, a recap of the game or just chatting a little bit about whatever and have a beer together. So um, it's not about getting hammered all the time. That depends on the league. Um, the level I play, um, it's not about getting hammered all the time. It's just um, about the togetherness to have that team bonding. The lower you play, if you play in the lowest divisions, they maybe have it's a about beer before getting the hammered. Game. <laughs> they maybe have a beer before the game. <laughs> in, um, <laughs> in, in the, so in Germany, it's a beer after a game. In, in the US, it's a Gatorade, ice bath, massage, um, foam rolling <laughs> and everything. <laughs> In Germany, it's just a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in the US, I never played as a professional, so I can't compare it from my own experience, just from what I've been told or what I've seen. But um, the US to me is just as, as when you're playing as a professional. So after the game, for example, in the US, you go shower, you go straight to ice baths, you maybe get a, um, a protein bar, you drink a bottle of Gatorade and you um, hydrate to yeah, do some rehab to get ready for the next game in three days. So there's not much time for celebrating. Doesn't mean we didn't celebrate. <laughs> and, so, and let me ask Flo, what on away games, what food did you guys get? After the game? Yeah. Um, the first year we had um, still our own chef that uh, prepared the food for after the game. Uh, Even the away week, games? Even when you came home from away games? Yeah, we took it on the bus oh, nice. and we kept it warm and then we had um, some food that, most of man, the time. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty bougie for, for, for college soccer, man. Yeah, most of the, were special. Yeah, we were treated well. Um, our coach knew what was good for us. Sorry, <laughs> champions. Sorry, conference champions. <laughs> yeah, you know, you see the ring? You see the ring? <laughs> no. I do, I do, man. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, most of the time we had lasagna because we all love the lasagna. Um, and in the second year, um, coach changed the strategy a little bit, got more humble. <laughs> so we just had uh, Domino's or Papa John's. Or That's I what know, I some... wanted to hear. Take me to Sweden. Well, one thing I saw in Sweden, for example, when you would post on Instagram is you guys would post, uh, you would always have like, these celebration songs in your locker room and your locker room was like all wooden. It looked really cool. Yeah. At, at the club I played, um, we had the locker rooms just below the stands. So I would love to say we, we heard the fans singing, but since it was um, during the pandemic, um, there weren't a lot of fans singing. And um, yeah, we, uh, when we won the games, we were in the locker room and um, the man of the match, that was the player that had to start the song. But in Sweden, it was a little bit different. At the club I played, I was the second oldest in the team. Most of the most of the players were between 21 and 18 because it's like a development club. So they're like producing really, really good players. They have a strong, yeah, strong youth um, behind the club. And um, they're using their first team as a stepping stone to make it to the pro level. Yeah, so basically one of the players you were telling me, Flo... Um... 
a 16 year old that actually went to AC Milan, right? He was a, a U17s national team player and he got scouted by AC Milan. Yeah, that was probably one of the first things uh, the coach uh, told me when he told me some stuff about the team that a 15 year old is playing in our team and he's uh, captain of the national team. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's kind of impressive. Like, you don't have that in Germany that a 15 year old um, plays no. on plays on a semi pro team. Like the ones that are that good play at academies, but um, the youth the youth teams in the club they play on the highest stage. So and they were actually competing for the top five spots. So um, yeah, he was he was playing as a 14 year old, 15 year old for the under 19s already. Um, I think if I'm wrong, uh, Magnus or Vilgot, please uh, correct me. Um, and then last year he he came up to to the men's team, yeah. And then he was playing with us, and he started the first game as well. And yeah, he's just he's gifted. He's he's an amazing player. And um, middle of the season before the transfer window closed in in Italy, he made the move to Milan. And um, yeah, and now he practiced together with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, the most famous Swedish player. And um, I'm incredibly happy for him. And now he plays as a 16-year-old for the under-19s of AC Milan. So, Vilgot, shout out to you. All the best. Good luck. And I believe in you. And remember me when you're professional and when you're leading the national team in a couple of years. Man, that yeah, it definitely sounds like the, the team in Sweden um, is doing a really, really good job with their youth development and um, can really become... Yeah, one of the top clubs and hopefully the first team can really maybe get promoted in the next couple of seasons. And um, touching on that, what would you say was your favorite thing to do outside of soccer in each of these countries? I mean, I lived in Germany. I'm from Germany, so I wasn't here for the playing. Um, my life was here and there are not many things other than football for me because football, always, uh, football was always my life. And... Yeah, if I wasn't playing, I was on the on this on the football field in my hometown club watching um, my friends and my brother play. So yeah, I've always been watching football, playing football, um, studying um, sports management, so everything football related. So in the U.S., you studied in North Carolina, at Lenore Ryan, right? Um, what was yep. your favorite thing to do in, in in North Carolina, except for playing soccer? What, what's something you remember really enjoy that you really enjoyed doing? Well, in my first year, I wasn't very mobile. So I, I didn't have a car at that point. My life was mainly on the campus and with the people from my team or the people I knew from school. So once I got the car um, in my second semester, in the end of my second semester, um, I started traveling a little bit as well. And uh, yeah, I love to go for a hike or... Um, yeah, just go and see other cities, just um, explore the, the country a little bit. Obviously, can't go um, that far because you have school and stuff. <laughs> but, and the um, country's humongous. Yeah, I, yeah obviously. Like, um, Which cities did you visit uh, while you were playing in North Carolina? The first place I've been were obviously the, the cities in North Carolina, like Charlotte or Asheville. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest memories probably was um, my first Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> we went with uh, a couple of guys to Dallas because, um, um, yeah, one of the guys knew 
a guy there so we could we could stay at a place and we just went there for a weekend we drove down there in the van like 10 guys in the van for like 14 hours it was one of the most exhausting uh, riots ever but it was a great time great weekend from there um yeah it uh, took me down to to florida i went to orlando um, to the universal studios and disneyland uh, disney world sorry um we went to washington dc i played in nashville so i stayed in nashville and i mean i had the best time there like besides football living in nashville is something amazing it's a great city i met great people for me personally favorite city in the us from all the cities i know so far um, and in my second year, we went to uh, Miami for spring break and to Daytona Beach. So that was obviously an incredible experience. No, that's that's beautiful. What what about Sweden? I was in Stockholm, so in the in the, in the capital. It's uh, a wonderful city, um, so beautiful. I even um, when no one else had time, like none of the teammates. Um, my close friends had time i just walked through the city i didn't mind sitting at a cafe um have some fika just to explain fika is like a coffee break just have like a cinnamon bun and a coffee uh, was that was probably my favorite thing to do on the weekend and i just explored stockholm there was so much to see and i just loved walking through the city and yeah enjoyed the, the summer in sweden which is just wonderful yeah, Flo, so, so far we've touched on your playing career. We've touched on the cultural aspects of your experiences playing abroad. And um, just wanted to finish off with some, some fun little questions. Um, just curious, any football-related tattoos? Yeah, on my left arm, I have a tattoo of Steven Gerrard and the uh, Liverbird. So one could say I'm a Liverpool and a Steven Gerrard fan. And I also got um, a tattoo on my left upper arm for my time in the U.S. So I got a bear for the mascot that our school wars, the Lenorine bears. And the logo uh, or the crest of, of our team tattooed there. Yeah, I think that's sick. I, I also wanted to do that for my college. And um, I might actually still do it, to be honest. I think that's such a cool... When I met you, that was probably the coolest thing. The first, like the first coolest thing I noticed was like that you had your college um, tattooed and, and you had Stevie G on your arm. And um, before we get to, to the last question um, and before we blow the final whistle, since you're such a slide tackling fan and since you're known for slide tackles, tell the audience. So how do you say slide tackle in German and in Swedish? And um, I was always curious, you know, what's the first thing you do after a slide tackle? Like you personally, are you like the guy that that stands up and just shouts for no reason at the player next to him? Or um, are you the guy that shouts in the face of the player you side tackled or you just get up like it was nothing and, and act like, you know, you didn't just almost break his legs? What, what kind of a slide tackler are you, Flo? <laughs> <laughs> How can you come up with a question like that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of slide tackles if they are necessary. Um, please don't interpret that wrong. The purpose of a slide tackle should never be to hurt someone. It's always to win a challenge, to win the ball back or to block a shot or whatever, to stop, a, to stop an attack. Or scare someone? Intimidate you know, well, someone? Well, that's what the German yelling is for. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I I celebrate a good slide tackle, um, and and I love it. Yeah, you celebrate it like a goal. Depends if I just stopped an attack or if I just blocked a shot that could have led to a goal. Yeah. Which 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 celebration do you choose? That depends on the situation, you know. Like when you when you when your um, when your team is um, on the losing side, and it's just like getting up quickly and be like, "Come on, guys!" You know, um, just making a point on the field, you know. And if it's freezing cold and the ball hits you in the thigh, like right on the thigh, and you really want to cry, but you still get up and you kind of smile and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> great." Max, there's a huge difference. You Between would us. cry. <laughs> you would cry. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. And, another and the other difference would be you would be the one I would slide tackle on the wing because you think you're Neymar. But we will talk about that in the next episode. And I wouldn't slide tackle to save a goal. Yeah, oh, never. You Not would. if I get a turf burn or if, if the ball hits me and in my stomach or something yeah the downside the downside is really the turf burn um <laughs> i think i have quite a good timing for slide tackles so i'm i would say most of my tackles are fair so yeah mm. <laughs> I'll, i'll give you that most yeah <laughs> but uh flo so how do you say slide tackle in german and swedish and in german it's grätsche But um, well, it sounds it, kind of aggressive, right? Yeah, it, like, I know. But but the best, uh, the best thing, if it's a really bad one and you don't play the ball, um, it's a blood creature. So it's like a, a blood slide tackle, you know. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, those I are the ones you do. Yeah. Oh, no, come on. I remember uh, FIFA, what is uh, the game? FIFA 2000, I think, on the, on the PlayStation 1, on that great box where it's like, um, where you could, press r2 and it was a, and he did a um, a blood slide like, like a blood crash and you could just take out the other player you got a red card but or the um, ref you could take out the ref back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i have to think about if i think when i think about uh, blood crash um yeah and in swedish to be honest i have no clue <laughs> a slide tackle <laughs> what was that <laughs> no i i really don't know i can't tell you next week We need to tell them, okay? When when okay. an episode two, we'll let the we'll let them. Okay. So I'm last last question, I promise. I know I've been bombarding you with questions. Is if you could swap kits with one player, who would it be, and what would you say to them after the game? It would definitely be Steven Gerrard, and I would have no idea what I would say because I would probably be so stunned that I would be able to shake his hand. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Man, that was awesome. You know, this was, it was so interesting for me to actually ask you these questions and, and to, to find out the answers. I learned a lot about your career, even though we're friends, you know, we've never really gone into such detail on, on a couple of these topics. And um, yeah, I think you've, you've experienced some, some amazing um, things and, and you've had some amazing opportunities in the in um, the football industry. And I'm excited to see how your, you know, the next step in your career at the semi-pro level in Germany goes again. Um, any, any last things you would like to tell the audience about your experiences, about the future in the game? Well, I think there are way more stories and experiences I could share. We just tried to cover 15 years in 45 minutes. 
but um, you chose you chose really really good questions, and um, yeah, I had to think a little bit um, when I when I answered them because um, yeah, there were some questions I I never actively thought about before, so um, it was really really good for me to reflect as well, and I just hope that I could kind of. Um, paint a picture with uh, with what I was saying um, to to you guys in the audience that you kind of can imagine what it is to play in in different countries um, on different levels um, and with so many different um, people from different cultures different ethnicities perfect perfect yeah and yeah next week it's your turn Max um, yes, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, take an example on you. So I'm gonna uh, come up with a couple of questions that I haven't been able to ask you yet because due to the pandemic, we weren't able to see each other that much. We live um, a couple of hundred kilometers um, apart, and these are more questions that you ask each other when you have a when you have a drink or when you sit together um, in the evening and just chat. So um, prepare yourself. Um, relive relive your past and um, make sure you collect your thoughts because I'm going to hit you with some questions that make you think, man. <laughs> I, I'm ready, Flo. I'm ready. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for next week. Um, again, really enjoyed this episode. Um, I learned a lot and um, it was I was able to really, you did paint a picture. I was kind of able to relive the, the moments. I kind of scored the penalty for you in the final <laughs> the championship game you wouldn't and, score it though <clears throat> no i i probably wouldn't i swear i always cave into pressure but um i was gonna say now flow then um do us the honors again and um you know blow the final whistle and we'll see you guys next week of course max until next tuesday guys Okay, let's see what you got. <laughs> Legends. <laughs>